This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD or Compass in Connecticut. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, click on the radio section of the page and you can check out past shows. You can subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up face-to-face or virtual meetings or even topics for future shows. We've got some of those already made for you folks, so don't forget to keep sending those in. Now, after weeks of news stories and political back and forth, the American Rescue Plan, yep, that's what they're calling it, has been signed into law by President Biden. The act has a broad reach in terms of who may benefit and its ultimate objective, so they say, and we're hoping is true, is to grease the wheels a bit as the economy slowly lurches back to life after more than a year of COVID-19 restrictions in both the professional and personal lives of millions of Americans. I want to preface this show by saying this. I do not believe this bill is in the long-term financial best interest of the country, Uh, but there are some benefits. Some some benefits to it, the thing as a whole, I can't say I personally agree with. I'm going to try and keep that out of the show as much as possible. What I'd like to do is highlight some of the better parts of this as it as it rolls out. So the $1.9 trillion plan earmarks $1,400 for qualifying Americans. So if you do the math on that, you can already see where we're falling a little short. And that's gotten the lion's share of attention. But once you begin peeling back the axe layers, it's easy to find elements that will affect a lot of people. Like peeling back the layers of an onion, it is going to make a few people cry. But let's take a step (laughs) back from the American Rescue Plan for just a moment. And let me introduce America's original rescue plan, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today, my friend? America's original rescue plan. Tony, sure. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. The doctor is in. <laughs> yeah, they call me Dr. Tony Shore. I, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not necessarily a real doctor. Um, but you not did the whole stay. on the doctor routine again. <laughs> Didn't you stay at some sort of express last night? <laughs> kind of qualifies you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I stayed at a, an express inn last night. Matt! <laughs> <laughs> You've got two mats now, okay? Yeah, yeah, I do, I, I do, I do. Not the whole I'm a doctor routine again. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I am a doctor, not a real doctor, but I play one on the radio. I'm doing good. I couldn't be better because I'm here on the show with you, and we're gonna have a good one. I mean, we're we're de- tearing apart the uh, the whole stimulus bill. And looking at, uh, we're going to look at a lot of the good aspects that it's hopefully providing for people since it costs so much. I mean, I, I yeah. can't wrap my head around $1.9 trillion. I mean, it's a little less than the initial stimulus package of $2 trillion, 
but you know, wh- why didn't they just round it up at that point? What's another, you know, what's another billion dollars? Yeah. Amongst friends, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least this one, you know how I feel about the acronyms they always use for this. This one is probably properly acronymed because I think if you read the first initial, you have the appropriate guttural response. ARP. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's as close to ARG as possible. So I think uh, at least they got the acronym right on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, American Rescue Plan, ARP, uh, used to be a really cool uh, late 70s synthesizer called an ARP, early 80s. The ARP synth. Uh, look that one up, kids. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I think I have a virtual one of those on a program. I yeah, have. you probably do. Yeah. Nowadays, you can get uh, virtual plugins if you want to uh, play them. So the thing is, is this whole rescue, quote unquote, rescue plan. Um, you know, uh, we've all heard about the checks uh, that we're going to get. And uh, I'm fired up about this one because I know a lot of our listeners have been following this stimulus package on TV, but uh, or in the news, but truth be told, it's long and there's a lot to it. So I think rolling up our sleeves and digging in is going to be great. Uh, how do you want to get us started on this thing, Matt? Well, let's use the most recent our Investopedia article on this that we can get at. It was the American Rescue Plan, Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package. I wish it was his and he was the only one that had to pay this back. But <laughs> yeah, really? it appears it's really ours. I don't think he's ever going to have to pay a penny on it. But let's look at it. The article begins by breaking the act down a bit. Remember, this is the third stimulus act to make its way through Congress. So we've seen others. And, you know, I, again, I'm not sure any one of them was the best thing for the country. But the first stimulus bill was two trillion. The second bill was for nine hundred billion. So you don't need to be a math whiz to know that it's a whole lot of stimulus there. But drastic times call for what apparently are drastic measures. In addition to the direct payments, the act includes extended unemployment payments, the continuation of eviction and foreclosure moratoriums, the uh, and also bumping up the child tax credit while also making it fully refundable. Finally, the act also supplies money to state and local governments to help cover lost tax revenue, money to schools to begin safely opening up kindergarten through eighth grade learning, and to subsidize COVID-19 testing and vaccination delivery. Now, let's also uh, remember that the next thing we heard as soon as this thing was passed was that the plan tax hikes to start covering this. So we're going to want to talk about that and planning. You're going to want to talk about that with your financial advisors. No kidding. That is the next big thing to come down the pipe is that there will be massive uh, taxes on a lot of different things. Depends on where you fall, but there will be taxes coming for this because folks, the gravy train ain't free. So um, there that that's how we're getting started, Tony. Sure. Well, and I'm guessing a lot of listeners out there are parents or grandparents. So one of the good pieces of news, uh, at least where this money is going since they've already spent it uh, or are have allocated it already, is to help schools reopen. I think that's a good thing, and and uh, that's a, a welcome sign. I'm I'm struck by the aid also to state and local governments because it's likely, it seems likely anyway, that without it, a lot of people would have been looking at local tax hikes. Of course, now we're going to hear about more tax hikes on a federal level to cover the stimulus package. So, you know, if they don't get you coming, they'll get you going. Uh, the IRS always does. The government always does. Um, and we don't want cuts to government services because of COVID. But uh, so there's some good in here. 
uh, at least. I mean, there better be at, at that price <laughs> tag. But what about the direct payments? I mean, let's get that out of the way first. Everybody's been hearing about that. Yeah, let's let's actually let me try and temper this with let's just look at this as whether or not it's going to help anyone individually. Uh, how how we feel about this being good or bad, like I said, I should have tr- I should try and leave that further and further behind as the show progresses. We're going to try and give as many of the facts as possible so that people can work through them as they can. So the app provides $1,400 in payments to single people making $75,000 or less annually. That figure builds on the $600 in the second stimulus to arrive at the $2,000 payments that were originally not proposed but promised by people looking to get elected. Don't forget, um, we should be holding our elected people uh, responsible for those things. So it is $1,400 in addition to the 600 you already may have gotten. Now, couples with an adjusted gross income of 150000 or less will receive the full stimulus amount. And additionally, dependents also qualify for payments. It's important to note that payments to individuals do begin to shrink for an income higher than 75000 before vanishing completely at 80000 And for couples, the stimulus disappears for adjusted gross incomes greater than $160,000. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a safe bet that a lot of people already understand the direct payments just because of the media attention that that's received. So what about, let's move on to the unemployment benefits. Uh, This one always fascinates me. There are unemployment benefits in this new bill, right? Yeah. The ARP pushes unemployment benefits of $300 weekly through September 26, 2021. Just as importantly, it also makes the first $10,200 of 2020 unemployment benefits tax-free for families making $150,000 or less. Oh, okay. Uh, Additionally, tax-free for now. Uh, Additionally, if you had taxes withheld from your 2020 unemployment benefits, you'll be able to get that money back when you file your 2020 taxes. Or if you've already filed, you can get that money back with an amended tax return. Yeah. You know what? You make a great point there. A a great point comes out of that because I've been hearing and reading a lot about this. And it's funny because this is the one time where if you filed your taxes early because of all the tax related breaks in this new uh, this new stimulus bill, uh, you're actually, it, it, you would have been better off to wait. <laughs> Let's yeah, this is the one way. tax season you could almost be thankful for foot draggers. Yeah, exactly. And our, I'll be honest, usually by this time we filed, but we hadn't. So I talked to our tax guy and he's like, okay, yeah, let's hold off and see where everything lands because we have kids and stuff. So we are going to get some breaks now, which will help us pay uh, the high taxes later, I guess, when they when they try to pay for this whole thing. But uh, speaking of unemployment, does the act say anything about COBRA uh, insurance? I mean, that's an area of pandemic concern for a lot of people, unemployed people. Yes. And if people don't understand what that means, it is not insurance against being bitten by snakes that have probably been introduced into the Everglades recently. Yeah, not cobra snakes. No. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, so there is some good news on this. That is the health insurance, cobra health insurance. And that act includes a 100 percent subsidy of cobra health insurance premium. So the unemployed can stay on their employer health care through the end of September, uh, which is huge. Health care, of course, is 
one of the largest um, you know, expenses for so many people. Another critical element of the American Rescue Plan is an extension of eviction and foreclosure moratoriums. Uh, specifically, the legislation provides $30 billion in emergency rental assistance and another $10 billion in mortgage assistance. Wow. Wow. And, you know, we mentioned Cobra, which I I see that struck you nearly dumb, Tony. Yes. Well, we mentioned Cobra. And I think that um, I want to go back to that a minute because that's for uh, people who are unemployed to get their health benefits at the same cost or or uh, a near cost. But uh, it's like, no, no, no. It's usually a much higher cost than you were paying at work. But I've never had to take Cobra. It allows you to stay on the oh, original plan the original as plan. a bridge to your new job and new health. But it's higher costs. Okay. Yeah. But but the acronym stands for something. It's C O B R A. So I assume it's uh, cheese on bacon is really amazing. Cobra C O B R A. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean that's that's just where my mind goes when I see the letters. But um, you know I I know speaking of food. The act also addresses food assistance, right? Mm -hmm. What details can you give us on that? So it includes $510 million for FEMA's emergency food and shelter program. That will be used to offer overnight shelter, meals, a month's rent or mortgage assistance, and a month's worth of utility payments. It also provides additional emergency nutrition assistance to folks on food stamps, including a 15% jump in benefits that will now last through the end of September, rather than the original expiration of June 30th. The legislation also provides $5 billion to the pandemic EBT program, which supplies school children with emergency nutrition benefits. Additionally, that money will provide $800 million in funding to the WIC program for low-income women and infants. Wow. these are It's a lot of numbers that you're throwing yeah. out. Well, that, it's 1.9 trillion different numbers, Tony. <laughs> uh, well, it, it does. And what you said there represents a grateful segment of people, hopefully. And I think this is a really good topic to talk about what's involved, because some of these people need to know about the benefits they're eligible for. And, you know, we've hit on some high points uh, about the uh, ARP, the stimulus bill in our first segment. But I also know there's a lot of critical information left to talk about. So what's next? So uh, the next thing we want to address is the expanded child tax credit. Clearly, if you have kids of your own, this is a really big deal. Yep. The, leg- the legislation it provides $3,000 yearly payments for each child between the ages of 6 and 17 and for $3,600 for each child under the age of 6 for couples who make $150,000 or less and for single parents who make $112,500 or less annually. Payments would be delivered through direct deposit each month. Uh, If you have one child under six, you'll receive $300 per month. And if you have a child between six and 17, you'll get $250 each month. Wow. For a lot of families out there. Now, that's the best news about this bill I've heard. I mean, that extra bit of money each month is going to really help people buy groceries, sneakers and jeans or whatever all those things our kids need. And for those who, you know, lower middle class and, and poorer income families, Uh, That should really help. Does the legislation do anything for college students? That's what I want to know, because I've got 
one in college and another entering college. So the news on that front isn't quite as good. Uh, while the plan doesn't directly include student loan forgiveness, which I, again, am not a fan of, uh, it does contain a provision that any student loan forgiveness legislation passed between October or December 30th, 2020 and January 1st, 2026 will be tax free. Uh, so they're they're looking on doing some work there. I I believe that you should do better planning for college and sure. find better colleges, uh, work yep. harder or find colleges that are more affordable. Stop setting your goal on degrees that aren't going to earn you what you're paying for yeah. uh, and having to live in your parents' basement and complain for 30 years. About there's your student plen- loan debt. Yeah, there's yeah, plenty I, of jobs out there. I agree 100% yeah, with so that. I, I don't have as much compassion for student loan forgiveness as perhaps I should, but I, I, even knowing that I'm not going to. So, um, <laughs> Matt, you're so funny, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, that's good. I mean, you're right. I mean, I think the same thing when I hear something like that, I'm like, well, so many kids are going to college and I've talked to my kids about this. That's why my son, uh, went to found a low cost option to get his pre PA program. And he wants to go into healthcare, which makes sense. As a yeah. PA, he will be able to pay back the small student loans he's acquiring. And he hasn't had to have many because we put money away in a 529. And we didn't even put that much money in, to be honest. Right. Um, we both also have uh, daughters going into their freshman year in college next year, yes. Tony. Yep. Yep. And, and, and we both have had two very hardworking daughters who are also making very good decisions yes. and have put the hard work into getting the right package to go to the schools they're going to. Yeah, my, my so, son and daughter work. Yeah, so does mine. When they're not so at school, both, both they're working at a paid job. So that, yep, I think both that's mine do that. Uh, they both, both your daughter and my daughter did a lot of great work, not just you know, working to put extra money away for school, but they did the hard work to get as high a merit scholarships as possible. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, and you know, my daughter could have chosen schools that cost $40,000 more a year, but she made the smarter choice to get her degree from a school that she will not graduate, uh, that in that, you know, with a, with any high debt. Right. So she, she made that choice. She knows she might have to work a little harder the year she's done than being plugged into the network that you would get from getting maybe a business degree from Harvard. Right. But, uh, she also doesn't want to have $200,000 in debt at the end of the whole process. So, but let's let, before we go too far into the personal side, let's stick to the education theme here. Start though. Uh, younger students, the American Rescue Plan does provide $130 billion for K-12 education, uh, specifically the money's earmarked to reduce class sizes, improve ventilation, purchase personal protective equipment, and to fund additional steps that will help schools reopen. Regardless of the science on any of this stuff, there is $130 billion slated for that. So that's good news. Um, and hopefully... Uh, we will see some of these kids getting back to school and getting back to their normal lives. Cause yeah. as, as much as this hurt the older population, as much as this hurt people with comorbidities, as many people as this laid off, I cannot imagine the long-term effect this is going to have on the kids who have lost a year of actual socialization and some of the effects that's had on them. And it's been some rough. Of them in near, some of these kids in near isolation, you know, we yep. treat, we, we, we're doing our best to treat prisoners best than a lot of our kids have been treated in the last year. So I'm really glad to see that uh, the schools are going to be reopening soon. Yeah, that's that's a huge sigh of relief for a lot of the parents and students listening right now. My daughter, who's 16, has really struggled with the online learning and the social uh, distancing. So the fact that her school is going to reopen uh, for to come in person 
that's huge. Uh, number one, the lear- level of learning they have done online hasn't been good. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the same and the socialization. So I- I'm glad about that aspect of the bill that there's at least something in there to help these schools open up. Uh, I think a lot of parents are breathing a sigh of relief, right? Yes, yes. And so I think that's very true. Also, you know, the, uh, the, I should mention the plan provides $40 billion for colleges and universities to supply emergency financial aid grants to students. Uh, and an additional $40 billion will find its way to child care providers via the Child Care and Development Block Grant Program. Uh, lastly, the plan includes $1 billion to the Head Start Program. Wow. That's a lot of information and a lot of billions in there. I, I think we're all hoping that this money will get students back into schools for real in-person learning. Uh, but let's let's focus on businesses. I know you work with a lot of uh, business owners, small business mm-hmm. owners. We have a lot of listeners uh, who own their own businesses or work for companies like that. Uh, what does the legislation do for business? Well, it establishes a new program for restaurants and bars that dedicates as much as $25 billion in pandemic assistance grants. Specifically, these grants can funnel as much as $10 million per company with a cap of $5 million per physical location and can be used to handle payroll, rent, utilities, and other expenses, which uh, I can do some math. That's a little high for a lot of the restaurants I know that are suffering the most. But, um, you know, again, there's, you know, follow the money that $10 million per company uh, that's, that's not taking care of your corner pub. Um, the local pizza joint, that's a little higher than what they're <laughs> under in for, yeah. but they, they, that's the highest, right? So luckily, um, we'll see some companies, some of those local places getting the stuff too. the pay tech protect protection program. That's going to receive an additional seven and a quarter billion dollars. Nonprofits will now be permitted to apply for forgivable loans to help them meet payroll and other operating expenses as well. Okay. Well, the next thing I'm curious about in all this is how some of the money will be used to address the pandemic itself. We really haven't talked much about that. Uh, Vaccinations, testing, that type of thing. Yeah. um, So 50 billion from the American Rescue Plan will be used to cover additional COVID-19 testing and contact tracing. And 19 billion will be dedicated to increasing the size of the public health workforce. And about 16 billion will help cover vaccine distribution and supply chains. But oddly enough, if you add that up, it's not even a hundred billion out of 1.9 trillion Ooh. going directly to COVID. So that's just, that's one of those weird places where I find a gap. Like, okay, we've talked about billions going to education and less than a hundred billion going to this. So a lot of pork, Tony. All right. No, we're leaving it at the front of the show. We're leaving it at the front of the show. Well, it's good news that there's something in there. And I've read articles about, uh, you know, the growing concern local government and school districts are having about meeting their obligations in a time of smaller revenue. Does the legislation do anything to address those concerns for local government or school districts? Well, I think anybody who pays attention to their local government or school districts knows this isn't a new conversation. (laughs) Well, yeah. They always but, need more money, right? Yeah, 
They're always looking for more money, both of them. But let's say uh, the, the revenue declines, they're, they're a real worry. The, uh, the article highlights there was a Washington Post study, take it for what it's worth, that found 26 states uh, saw revenue declines between December of 2019 and, 20, uh, and 2020. The plan contains $350 billion in aid to states, cities, tribal governments, U.S. territories designed to fill the gap left behind the lost tax revenue the pandemic has caused uh so there there is that there let's yeah. let's just leave it at that yeah that. yeah and you know i think i think uh, there's some good news there and i've read articles about the growing concern that they have and i think um I, i've been looking at some news coverage about this whole thing the american rescue plan or the stimulus package and they were going to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour nationwide. And that, that's been a heated debate topic. I think it's come up here on the show. Uh, you've talked about it a little bit, but did anything come from that debate? Is there anything about the minimum wage in this thing? Uh, there isn't minimum wage increase in the legislation. However, there seems to be a lot of interest on both sides of the aisle for increasing the minimum wage in some respect, uh, maybe not to 15, maybe not to whatever, you know, AOC wants it to be. Sure. Uh, I think she wants, what, $33 an hour or something, probably. Um, but <laughs> uh, that's that's kidding. But um, the, I, I think that's that's good. That that topic will be heating back up fairly. soon. Sure, sure. So, you know, with the arrival of vaccines and now the passage of this stimulus package, I, I am feeling more optimistic about hopefully life returning to normal uh, a little bit uh, sooner. Maybe it's not too far off. Uh, I'm hoping. And, you know, that's why we're looking at this uh, plan and what its details and nuances may mean for uh, people and their families, as well as the business and community. So what else do you have for us regarding this? Well, first, I want to say this. We we often talk about life returning to normal for 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 everybody, but I I want to acknowledge the people whose life has been normal through this whole thing, who have had to be out there working every single day. Right. Yep. The cashiers at the grocery store. I still yep. don't hear a huge thing about helping them out. They they didn't miss any work. Nope. They were there through this whole thing. Yep. Um, you know, they 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 didn't have unions representing them to be able to stay home and do their work remotely. Couldn't do that, right? So there are there's, there's been a lot of people out there fixing our roads, our public works departments. They've been out yep. there working every day. Um same with healthcare. Yeah, healthcare. Yes. Nurses. But again, I'm talking about the people who haven't gotten the packages and who haven't had the things behind them. Right. Yeah. I right. get that those people are there doing that, but that's what you sign up for when you're a nurse. I'm not saying that they didn't have a tough job. True. I have one, you know, I have a very, 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 very good friend. A lot of, a lot of friends that are nurses, but I get that that was there. Uh, the grocery store workers didn't sign up to be frontline workers in this pandemic. That was not their choice when they when they went take that job. Um, and, and I'm not I'm just signaling singling them out because that's one that's something my son does. Right. He still goes to work every week uh, and does his job. He goes goes into work. He doesn't work, you know, 40 hours a week being 15 years old. But he's he's got a job. He's there. And so are all the other people in that store. They never closed. And I 
there's a lot of people who take some exception to us saying life is going to go back to normal for everybody because there's some people who have been out there who are not yet eligible for vaccines, who have not gotten any additional relief for the job they do. True. And they've been doing it day to day. That's a good and point. So if nothing else, thank you. Thank you for being out there doing that stuff nonstop, not quitting on the rest of us and making sure we've all had our food. We've been able to get to where we need to go in an emergency and all those things. I know that there's a lot of us that have been disrupted in our lives and our lives are a lot different as a result of that. But there's a lot of people who had to sweat it out day to day who that was not the career they went into was being frontline workers. So thank you to those people. I mean, and I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a great point. And I think that's a good point to end today's show on because uh, grocery store workers, wow, they had to keep going to work, you know, and, and, you know, if you work at a convenience store, a grocery store, they didn't have a choice. Uh, their job was there and they had to go to work. So, and there's no relief for them. I mean, obviously, you know, the stimulus checks because they maybe make, uh, under a certain amount. Uh, but other than that, you don't hear a lot of thanks for them. They aren't on the front line to get the vaccines, uh, so to speak, they aren't on the front of the list anyway. Hopefully more and more people now are getting the vaccine and I think they're going to open it up, but you're right. Uh, there are a lot of underappreciated or unappreciated people out there who have been, you know, continuing to work and live their lives. Uh, and we have to think about that, don't we? Yeah, without there's there's the horrors of quarantine and there's the benefits of quarantine. Some people were not afforded those benefits. And so, again, I just wanted to finish on a thank you to those people that had to go out and slug it out day to day sure. without the protection that that provided. Yeah. And Um, I mean, I can't complain because, you know, I was fortunate. I was able to continue doing my job, getting my paycheck and I got to work from home. I didn't have a commute. I saved money mm -hmm. on fuel. I like my home office. So I I have to admit, uh, you know, that it didn't affect me as negatively as it affected other people. You know, like my daughter was 16. It affected her dramatically. It affected those uh, workers who had to keep going to their place of employment uh, with the public coming in all the time. So yeah, uh, that's, that's tough. And I think that's a great point, Matt. Well, we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Well, if you want to tell me how off I am about some of my feelings, don't be afraid to give me a call. I'll still talk to you about <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> or listen, if you have any questions about how this may be affecting your future financial plan, there's uh, Listen, there is going to be no shortage of tax planning we're going to have to be doing for the future as a result of this. These $1,400, by one economist's estimate, this $1,400 check everybody's getting is going to saddle these 20-year-olds 30 years from now with $150,000 of personal debt to the United States government as as their tax bill. So, um, yeah, this isn't going to be free, folks. Uh, nope, remember, they've just you're kicked gonna, the can down the road a yeah, little further. We're going ha- to have to uh, grin our teeth and bear it at some point. Planning is going to help with that. If you need any questions answered or you want to take the first steps for that, give us a call, 800-339-9252. Visit us online at compass-ltd.com. Planning is where we start. It's how we help people make sure that they can have that life they want now while preparing for that unknown and uncertainty that we've always known existed in the future uh, and that, uh, unfortunately, more and more of us are becoming aware of as a reality now. Right. I think that's so important. Thanks, Matt. Great show today. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. 
don't pay too much for taxes, or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. A registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities LLC and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.